Welcome back to our chapel chat. This is for Wednesday, November 18th. The gospel today is from Luke chapter 19. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said, A noble man went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called ten of his servants and gave them ten gold coins and told them, Engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to announce, We do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called, to whom he had given the money, to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned ten additional ones. He replied, Well done, good servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second came and reported, Your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. And to this servant too he said, You, take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, Sir, here is your gold coin. I have kept it stored away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you, because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down, and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, With your own words I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put this money in a bank? Then on my return I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they replied to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now as for these enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This parable, obviously, is about Jesus, who went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, who goes into the into heaven to obtain the kingship from the Father, right? And uh, he entrusts his his gold, his money, to these, these servants, um, which represent us, right? right? And what's interesting here is that um, the end of the parable is very different from what we would expect. Uh, the parable is about the kingdom of God, which is about a kingdom of abundance, right? God entrusts to us his money, his talents, his uh, his gifts, and he's expecting us to grow them, right? I think sometimes when we look at um, just the things in this world, we, we tend to look at things in terms of lack. Mm-hmm. Where do we lack? And then say, right. well, it's not fair. We right. see ourselves as victims. Well, someone else has more. Therefore, we should get some of what they have. Yeah. Well, Jesus is saying, no, all of you have been entrusted with my money, my yeah. gifts, my talent, my grace. I'm looking for in the end to see whether or not you've kind of taken out a venture and taken risk and, and grown that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so in the end, those who have more will be given more. And it's the opposite of what we might expect. Right. It's interesting contrasting this with the, because uh, we just heard this parable from, I think it was Matthew's gospel mm-hmm. two Sundays ago. So it's like the same kind of general story, but there are different things that are that are highlighted. And 
And one of the things that struck me is how he says, Well done, good servant. You've been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. And it sounds like, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much a gold coin would have been worth, but he he was faithful to that and he made ten more. But, but in any case, it, Jesus calls it a small matter. It makes me think of how we can get so focused on things that are going on in this life and forget about the big things that are to come, right? <laughs> and in reality, everything that's going on here, even if it's, you know, even if you're the most powerful, famous person in the world, that will only last for a time. Mm-hmm. Heaven is for eternity. Mm-hmm. So the, the longest life you could live in this life is just a tiny fraction compared to what is to come. There's this, there's this really great uh, image that was used in Life Team we were doing with the, the kids last year. You got this rope, and they just have like the first inch of it marked off with colored tape, and then the rest of the rope extends way out through the room and out into the hallway. And that little inch is meant to represent our life now, and the rest of the rope is, is eternity. So it's like this powerful image. But it's so easy to forget about that and just get completely focused on all these small matters now and not give our focus to these eternal things that are to come. And there, and that's a very powerful point. And what's interesting to me is that there are two sets of, of people, uh, of characters in this story. One is the, the servants who were entrusted with the gold coin, mm-hmm. right? who are servants of the king, and that represents us as Christians, right? us as believers, we're servants of the king, and it's possible to be a servant that doesn't invest and who, who looks at God in terms of fear and is very self-centered and is not willing to take risk, not willing to invest in the grace that God gave to them. And then there are all those other people who say, we don't want this man to be our king. Yeah. We don't want him. We're in, re- we're in rebellion mode. Yeah. Right? So at the end of the parable, uh, we, we see what happens to both. Right. right. We see that those who are rich become more rich. Those who invested receive more in heaven, right? Yeah. They receive the, the greater reward. And then those who didn't want this king to be their king, they're kind of slayed. That is a, an image of judgment. Right. That is, they're, going to, they're not going to make it because right. he is the king, right? right? So, uh, again, we, uh, toward the end of ordinary time, the, the church often reminds us of judgment by, yes. cause, by having us read the parables of judgment and the and Jesus' words of judgment. And the fact is, is that we have to first identify who are we? Yeah. Are we the servants? Or are we those yeah. who don't want him to be king? And then number two, if we are his servants, we need to be willing to to say, look, this is what God has given to me, and I want to invest in in what he's given to me so as to produce more. My goal is to is to come and to produce more gold, if you yeah. may, yeah. Uh, and, and to invest that. And this absolutely speaks to the place that many modern people are at they they act as though i mean they reject god just like it says these citizens send in delegations that we do not want this man to be our king people are rejecting god and they're acting as though they can just step away from all this and not have any impact on their life but the truth is you cannot avoid coming to this judgment at the end no one is off the hook for that our our choice is just whether we want to prepare ourselves for that or or turn ourselves away from god but you cannot simply opt out. And you might even think, like, what's with these townspeople? How do they think they can get away with this? Like, just say, we don't want you as our king. Like, they knew he was going to come back. They knew that he would have the authority and the power to to do what he would with them, but still they just said, we don't want you as our king. And 
It's kind of crazy, but you could say in the same way that many modern people today, not that they're crazy, that's that's not maybe the right word, but there's like this blindedness that people are acting as though I can just walk away from this and it won't have any impact. I mean, like, no, it, it doesn't work like that. It's, this will have an impact one way or the other. Your choice is how you want to respond to that. Yeah, I mean, God is God, and there's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Like, we're not God, and that's the that's what rebellion is. It's, it's a refusal to serve, and it's a refusal to allow God to be God in our lives. And what complicates the matter a little bit is that this king is a king of, of love. He doesn't want to reign uh, in, uh, over in power. He doesn't want to, uh, to enforce himself or lord his power over us. He wants to love. But in the end, this king who is love is God. Yeah. And so we have a choice. And one of the things in the modern world is that we don't like to think about is that we do have a choice yeah. about whether or not we want to live with God forever in heaven. I mean, we kind of want it both ways in our world. Yeah, we, want, right. we want to have the freedom, right, to uh, to do whatever we want. Who are you to tell me what to do? Who are you to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong or right? Yeah. Uh, and yet, at the same time, um, God's like, okay, you have your freedom. Uh, and then, But we say, no, no, everyone's going to be in heaven. Everyone's going to say yes, or everyone really wants to. I mean, God's not going to condemn anybody. It's like, well, wait a second, what about your freedom? Yeah. This is all about an invitation into life, invitation to live in the kingdom of God's beloved son. Right. And if we say no to that, um, then then this is what we get. Yeah, I've heard some people say that heaven is going to be uh, a fulfillment of your ability to love. So if you're able to love a small amount, like you've got this, you know, a thimble full, then that is going to be completely fulfilled. And you'll have this this overwhelming experience of God, you know, up to that capacity. But the more you're able to love, the more that capacity is expanded, yep. and the more you're going to experience the goodness of God in heaven. And that kind of seems to be what's being said here. You know, there's one guy is he gets ten cities, the next guy gets five cities. They're all being given this blessing that corresponds to how much they've responded to what they've been given. Yeah, and and the thing to remember too is that ultimately, what has God entrusted to us? He's entrusted to us his love. Yeah. And how much have we chosen to love, chosen to give love away, is one way to say this is how we can understand the parable. Yeah. Um, but we still need to choose to be his servants. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for calling us your own, for giving us the invitation to invest in the grace that you give to us. We ask, Lord, that you give us the grace never to forget how gift, how gifted everything is in our life. All the good things that we have really come from you. Help us not to be afraid, but to invest in, with great uh, courage and with love. And give us the grace to reach out to those who are, in, uh, who are rebelling against Jesus, our King. Help us to invite them back. So not just to prevent them from destruction, but to invite them into the place where their deepest desires are fulfilled. And we ask all of this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.